The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Jason Sobel uh, from the Action Network, formerly of ESPN and the Golf Channel. You can find him at Jason Sobel, T-A-N, on Twitter, uh, and ActionNetwork.com and their app. They do great work and uh, provide a lot of insight Sort of, they don't provide as much insight as our next, I can't even call John a guest. I mean, that's disrespectful. My co-host, um, the leader of the pack, Mr. John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. John, um, you were telling me in the break that you turned down your master's invite. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I, I assumed I, I would miss the cuts. You know, I have a little uh, quad problem. So I wasn't 100%, so I decided to, to sit this one out, uh, even though I would have been in the mix. I don't think there's any question about that. Mm, so you're you're more like the Deshaun Jackson of golf instead of the Lane Johnson? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to fight through it. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to embarrass yourself while you're out there. No, no. Uh, Never that. About the only thing I can do on the golf course is, is – uh, uh, I'm a big hitter on occasion, so oh. if I hit it right, it's going to go a long way. But if I play 18 holes, I might hit it right three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, chicks dig the long ball, and uh, all it takes for a good day is is one nice, clean golf shot, for me at least. That's right. <laughs> all right. So now, it, It's funny you say that, Ryan, before we get to yeah, the football, please. which is the most interesting part. I still remember, and I'm kind of old, the best golf shot I've ever hit. That's how clear it is in my mind. <laughs> and I thought I <laughs> – I remember it was next – it was on a golf course. It was on a hole next to a, a sort of a – I'm not, I'm not going to say a highway, but a road. Give me, a, give me an I, estimated and, year, John. What year are we talking here? Boy, 
boy, I don't know. We we got to be we got to be eighties, okay. late eighties. Okay. And uh, I thought I would hit an oncoming car. It, I I hit it <laughs> that hard. I hit it that well. But I assumed it would it would hook. Um, and now it went straight down the fairway. I was stunned. Wow, that's that's all it takes, man. You know, I, I surprise myself too. I just don't play enough. But if I get a hold of it, I can I can send it a long way. And there's, you, you hit like a, a bomb right down the fairway. You don't even want to hit the, the yeah. second shot. You just want to call it a day. Exactly. <laughs> I think I, I was about six feet away from the pin, and I said, "I'm done." Uh, <laughs> I actually, I played and was miserable the rest of the afternoon. But yep, I still remember that shot because I've never matched that shot. Yeah, that's uh, that's when you peaked on the golf course, late eighties. Um, <laughs> Probably peaked in a lot of ways. By yeah, the way. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to some more of that tomorrow. Um, so let's let's get to this football game. I, I've been uh, not able to watch a ton of it, but I'm going to lock in now as we get ready for the fourth quarter. Colts are up. They just tacked on six, and the extra point was good. Twenty-seven, seventeen, Indy. Uh, give us a quick uh, Cliff Notes version of what you've seen so far in this game. Yeah, good good competitive game. The Colts actually just blocked a punt for a touchdown, so that's how oh, they wow. kind of extended themselves. So uh, it was really close. It was 2017, uh, a little back and forth. Uh, you know, Indiana, uh, excuse me, Tennessee took the football right away and went down and scored, so I think they were kind of excited and, and and then the Colts settled down from there so uh you know it was interesting because I think the Colts have this great defense and everybody uh looks at them and how effective they've been this season but this was kind of the first team uh that had a soft schedule from a, an opposing offensive standpoint so I, I think this was the first team of the top 10 offense they were facing uh, and they've done, they've held up pretty well. Uh, so it's a rare good game uh, on, on Thursday night football. And I assume they didn't expect it to be a good game. You know, they throw a couple um, AFC South teams in there and expect bad football, but it's not the case with these two teams. No, listen, uh, you know, the, the Colts are chasing Tennessee. Tennessee's 6-2, and two, the Colts are 5-3. and three. All of a sudden... A win here from Indy, and uh, things get a little interesting in that division. More interesting than it already is. I- I'm still not a believer in Indy. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I guess it depends on on what your definition of belief is. I think it's a, a, a solid potential playoff team, but I don't think it's a uh, obviously a top tier contender. And a lot of that has to do with the top of the AFC. I mean. The top of the AFC is a lot better than the top of the NFC. So you have sort of that clear uh, demarcation line where you know who the true Super Bowl contenders are, where I think the NFC side is is much more wide open. And if you threw these two teams in the NFC, I think you'd probably think a, a little bit differently about them. I think they'd be in the mix, but... You know, with Kansas City and Baltimore and now Pittsburgh, it's kind of tough on the AFC side. All right, so let's uh, – you ready to transition to some Eagles talk? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, sure. It was such a, a, a great day in Eagle Plant with all the nut jobs coming out with uh, how did poor E.J. Smith ask that question about Brett Favre? Yep. Thanks <laughs> Thanks again to uh, Brett Favre for always uh, stirring the pot. <laughs> um, I, are we going to have to go down that road again? Uh, I hope not. I, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a couple there's a couple different things and I've been you know you know you've talked to me for years I've been pretty consistent <laughs> there was never a debate amongst the Eagles front office about Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles um, so it's largely fueled outside the building and by fans more than anything else and and some national media people but certainly not local media people so I think it's it's funny uh, when they accuse us of trying to fan those flames. When we're the people that want it to leave more than anybody else because it's so stupid and we know uh, the real story um, behind that situation. But the second part is, look, if Brett Favre says that, you got to ask the question. It's fair to ask the question. It's not only fair, it has to be asked because of his relationship with Doug Peterson. And anybody who knows Doug, and obviously, you know, fans and, and even a lot of national media people don't get to know him uh, as well as we do. But even if you read his book, I mean, something as just basic as that, you, you would know what kind of influence Brett Favre had on him, not only as a player, but in his philosophy of football. So that's why he's is that's the context of why Brett Favre is more important than any other talking head. And you saw about 90 of them during the bye week try to break down what's wrong with Carson Wentz, whether it's Lewis Riddick or even uh, Brian Billick or, or who else did I see, Danny Cannell, somebody like that. I, it doesn't hold the same context and influence with Doug Peterson as Brett Favre. So, that's the difference, and it's a big difference. Here's my uh, response to this, and like you said, you and I have talked for years, and I have the same devil's advocate type of response every time. But even if Doug, okay, the the moment, the offseason after the Super Bowl, right, even at that point, if Doug is looking back and saying, man, you know what, for whatever reason, things were a little bit more fluid and smoother between me and Nick than it was with me and Carson. Even though up to that point, Eagles had a ton of success with Carson Wentz. They wouldn't have been in the spot they were in without Carson Wentz. Uh, But you can't, at that time, you can't choose Nick Foles over Carson Wentz because you know Carson Wentz is the better player, better quarterback, way more upside. You know, there's a million things that you can add to that list. So, even if Doug felt that a little bit in his gut, you can't make that type of decision at that time. But maybe, John, Doug is, after everything he's dealt with over the past couple of years, he's sitting here now saying, you know what, it's, I don't know if it works between me and Carson. And maybe Nick and I would have had more stability and more success. I, I don't know what that means, but I'm just throwing <laughs> it into the pot. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, if he feels that way, and, and look, this I always say, this 
this league moves really, really quickly. And I'm not saying, and more so, look, I've said it pretty consistently this this year and, and recently on this show, if he continues to play, he, to play the way he has in the first half, in the second half of the season, I think you're going to have a lot of those conversations uh, inside the Novacare complex. Uh, but it's going to be about Jalen Hurts. It's not going to be about Nick Foles, and it's not going to be uh, 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 about what could have been with Nick Foles. That's that part of it is true. It's a non-story. Uh, there's nothing to it, and and I think you used an interesting word. Um, and and I, I am going to play semantics because I, I I don't think Doug thinks it was smoother with Nick Foles. Nick Foles, uh, because as I said, he had to revamp. Uh, his entire offense in basically, you know, late in the season, whatever it was, week 15, whenever you decide, week 16, um, to to essentially go to John DeFilippo and Frank Wright, uh, which he has said both on and off the record to us, and said, look, we gotta we gotta redo this thing, we gotta scale it back, we gotta do what Nick does well. What I think the word that should be used is easier, easier for him. And and by that, I mean Nick does what he's told at all times. And that's not an insult. That's just what he is. He, he, he wants to be told what to do. That's the type of player he is. Carson is more of a... You know, for lack of a better term, I'm not comparing him as a player, but he, he's more of an autonomous kind of guy. He wants to be uh, more of a Peyton Manning type. He wants to have more influence uh, on the game plan. He wants to have more influence at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that is more difficult. So it doesn't mean it's bad. So that's why I use the term easier. Yeah. Um, easier, not smoother, because it wasn't smooth with Nick Foles, especially early on. No, not at all. And a lot of people forget that, and you've brought that up a lot, and um, that's something we try not to overlook. Uh, all right, John, and I already kind of asked you this last night, I believe, but worst possible case scenario, week one, 2021, is there any chance Carson Wentz is not the starter? Like I said before, hypothetically, bleep hits the fan the rest of the way. Carson looks worse than imaginable. Um, what does the team do in your mind? Yeah, I, I think there is a chance, uh, a very small chance. I, I think there's a bigger chance in 2022 uh, just from the financial uh, aspect of it and and the cap constraints uh, and where Carson is on his on his contract, but you know if I, I forget the timing, I I wrote you know if not the night the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, I, I wrote it that week. I said okay now now you can see a path to moving past Carson Wentz, uh, and a lot of things would have to happen. But if he played poorly, if he got injured, uh, if Jalen Hurts came in and played well, all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, okay, 
you know, we're paying this guy $25, 30000000 million a year. There's always quarterback um, desperate teams in this league. You could trade him for uh, a first-round pick minimum, uh, and then you can move forward with a young quarterback under his rookie contract. And we always talk about how uh, effective that is when you're building a roster. If you get lucky enough to hit on a quarterback early in the process in his rookie deal, and then you're talking not even a first-rounder, this is a second-rounder, and probably the best comparison would be Russell Wilson in Seattle when he was a third-rounder. Hey, the Seahawks had the best roster in football for probably three years um, before Obviously, Russell got his extension. Then you have to go about things a different way. So the minute they selected Jalen Hurts, there was a path to move on from Carson Wentz. And I thought that was one of the biggest issues with the pick, one of the reasons why I didn't like the pick. Because I also said the minute you had some adversity, you're going to have this whole, again, minority of the fan base that wants to see Jalen Hurts because they've never seen him before. And the assumption, we all know, who, who's the favorite uh, favorite guy in town if you're struggling at the quarterback position, the backup <laughs> quarterback, because you've never seen him play. Yep. And that's where you should want to stay if you're the backup because he'll turn on you quick here. <laughs> um, but <laughs> nonetheless, you know, I, I don't know. And I, I don't know how much more we can get into well, and it. maybe Jalen can Hey, I, I, I've never – look, I think it's really difficult um, because of the circumstances, and we've constantly talked about uh, COVID and no off season. I think it's really difficult for, for rookies. And um, But you've seen other rookies. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow has been very good. Justin Herbert has been, uh, I, I think, tremendous. Uh, not necessarily team success, but I think both of those guys have shown they're going to be good quarterbacks in this league already. So, um, it, it, you know, it might take you a few weeks, but it's not like it's going to take you a year. So if Jalen Hurts can play, um, he can play, and, and we'll see that at some point. But as I said, if you do see it, that means things have gone drastically wrong with Carson Wentz because they don't want that to happen. The Eagles have won, what is it, eight straight against the New York Giants, John? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it, it's almost, I forget the exact number, but it's almost 1,500 days since the New York Giants have beaten um Philadelphia Eagles. So I think it's 1,466, but don't quote me on that. Uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, it has been a long time. Uh, and a lot of that obviously had to do with just how poor Eli Manning was playing at the end of his career. Uh, and, the, and the Giants obviously hung on far too long with him. But, and, and then kind of shifted into this, you know, once they moved on from uh, Tom Coughlin and and Jerry Reese. I mean, they they want from being one of the best organizations in this league to one of the worst. I mean, they have just made consistently bad decisions, uh, and it starts with coaches and Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer uh, and and personnel. 
They've just made so many bad decisions. Uh, but you see it kind of, I don't know if the flower's blooming, but I think they're finally going in the right direction. I really do. If you look at it, the record looks horrible, no question about it. But they, they're in every game. I, I mean, every single game. I think their last five losses are by a total of 10 points. Um, and obviously they're two wins, and they've only been – they just beat Washington by a field goal. So if you even think they lost to the Eagles 22-21, and Doug Peterson, by the way, admitted on Wednesday they had us beat. He said that. And they were up 21-10 with five and a half minutes left. They blew that game. Um, they played Tampa. They lost 25-23 to Tampa. And then they beat the, the Washington by a field goal. So, I mean, they're in every game, and you can tell it, it's you can tell it's a very young team trying to learn how to win with a first-year coach and a second-year quarterback. But they're getting better, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What's your thoughts on uh, the first-year head coach? Joe Judge because a lot of people had a lot of opinions about him going into the season. Do you think he's there to stay? You know, I, I do think uh, he's got a, a, a real good chance. I think he's going to be a good coach. I, I, the players seem to, to respond to him. Uh, I think he's an innovative guy. Uh, I, I think, you know, he, he, he's so much better. Uh, just from a leadership standpoint of from Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer. Uh, and I think Pat was a good coach, but I think he was a good coordinator. And he was here, obviously, a couple times. Uh, and he's a good guy, but I, I just don't think he was a head coach. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. Um, and I think Joe Judge is a head coach. I think he's got leadership skills, and you can see it, and, and the team keeps playing for him and fighting as I mentioned, they're in all these games, uh, and and sooner or later you're going to break through uh, and win a couple of them. Then you start gaining confidence. That's normally what happens uh, in this league. And um, you know, who knows if Saquon Barkley didn't get hurt? Because uh, obviously they're missing their biggest playmaker on the offensive side of the the football. So that hurt dramatically. But I got to tell you that defense, that defensive line is really talented. Uh, Blake Martinez has been great as a free agent pickup um, at linebacker, and James Bradbury has been even better uh, as a free agent at corner, and he's he's been a top ten corner in this league uh, through the first half of the season. So they're better than people think on the defensive side of football. What can we expect? Uh, a couple more for John. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen, host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning uh, right here on 1490, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. What can we expect from the Eagles offense, John? I mean, I, personally, I just want to see some progress, man. I, I want to see consistency from start to finish. We have not seen that yet in one game. Yeah, and I think, you know, Miles is going to be back. He was upgraded to full uh, full go at practice today. Isaac, uh, Sam 
Ronaldo, it looks like he's going to be back. Um, he, he was a full go at practice again, so he'll probably be activated on Saturday. Uh, so that's a big get back. All Sean's a full practice, so he's going to be back, but I think they'll mix him in uh, pretty slowly. And then Lane Johnson's the one guy because he continues to be limited, and he had a big brace on, and so he's still dealing with some issues. So I'm not quite as confident in him uh, as I was at the beginning of the week. Um, but overall, that's still pretty good considering the health uh, of this team uh, throughout the first half of the season. So they're getting healthier at, at the right time. Um you know, the excuses are melting away for Carson Wentz because he's getting more playmakers. Now, I, I, while I say that, I mean, it's still not great from a playmaker standpoint if you see some of these really, if you want to compare the Eagles to some of these really dynamic offensive teams. I mean, they just don't have that. But he's starting to get back the best playmakers the Eagles have. So, um, and, you know, at some point we're going to hit a, 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 a point where it's sort of do or die for them. These are your best guys. You're going to be able uh, to perform with them or you're not going to be able to perform with them. And I think that's when we'll learn quite a bit, to be honest, about Carson Wentz and if things have really regressed or Maybe the regression had more to do with the lack of, of talent because of all the injuries on the offensive side of the football. What are the starters going to look like at wide receiver, um, tight end, and snap counts? Because we know there's some guys coming back. Yeah, well, Zach Ertz uh, is still not eligible uh, until next week in Cleveland. Um and I think he'll be back. At least that's the indication. He probably could be playing well, but he was on injured reserve, so you have to be out for three games. Um, so it's going to be more 11 personnel as it has been. So Dallas Goddard will uh, continue. Remember, he, he came back. His first game back was the Dallas game before the bye. So he's one of those guys working the rust off, working back in, in it. And, and then the receivers, it's, it's going to be uh, Travis Fulgham, um, Jalen Rager, and, and Greg Ward with uh, Alshon Jeffrey kind of mixing in as the fourth guy. And I, and I think you're going to see more of Jalen Rager in the slot, and I think the reps that Alshon does get, he's going to be taking from, from Greg Ward. He's not going to be playing that position, but he's going to be taking those reps going to be interesting uh, to see how the Eagles look coming off the bye and you just feel like I hate when people say this they're due and you know the Eagles winners of eight straight against the Giants and I do think the Giants are getting a little bit overlooked at least by Eagles fans Uh, it it could be a perfect storm of a uh uh-oh type of loss coming off the bye but Doug Peterson has been great coming off the bye so we should feel confident right John? Uh, he actually he, he hasn't been that good coming off the bye. I think he's one in three. So oh, wow. coming off, he hasn't been okay. as good as going in. Um, 
But, I, you know, a, a lot of that is overrated because it yeah. usually has to do uh, with the schedule, the team you're playing, um, and injuries and all that kind of thing. And, and the sample size is, is really not that big. But uh, as a whole, you know, I, I think, you know, it's MetLife Stadium, no fans whatsoever. It's Jersey. Um, so they don't even get 5,500. Uh, or what the Eagles get. So um, that's not going to help the Giants from that standpoint. No home field advantage. Um, so it, it, it'll probably go like a typical um, Giants-Eagles game. It'll be a one-score game late. And the hope from the Eagles' standpoint is the Giants still haven't learned how to win those games. And to be honest, and obviously – We'll get predictions uh, tomorrow. What day is it? <laughs> Thursday, I think. We'll, we'll get pred- predictions tomorrow, but it's hard to pick the Giants until you see them do it. It's been a long time, like I said. Yep. It's hard to pick them to beat the Eagles until they actually do it. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.